You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Joe Booley of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, it is Mailbag Wednesday, so let's get right into it. How, By the way, how are you today? Hi. Hi. <laughs> you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling some good, some very good vindication this week. All right. Very good vindication because, don't look now, but uh, but our boy, uh, mostly my boy, Matt Boldy. Yeah. You remember him? I do. First round pick? Yep. 2019? Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with him, yes. Everybody hates him? What's the freaking point you got going on here? <laughs> All right. Well, he just had his biggest game of the year in the uh, in the Beanpot Tournament uh, consolation bracket. But you know what? That's fine. Harvard's a pretty good team. He yeah. goes into Harvard, and while the, the Boston College Eagles stomp them 7-2, to Matt Boldy picks up a goal, two assists. He now has 11 points in his last 11 games since coming back from the break. He is looking right on track and still shooting the lights out of the puck. Ooh, he's on the come. All right. Uh, we are... Boldy is definitely not a bust. Nope, not a bust. You heard it here first and extremely often. <laughs> All right, Tony, Mailbag Wednesday. Uh, certainly we had the news yesterday with Jason Zucker getting traded. If you have not caught our first initial reaction on the Jason Zucker trade, please go back. We uh, we posted that actually Monday night after the uh, the trade broke, but it's there for you for the taking. Go back and take a listen to that. So let's get into your mailbag questions. This comes from... Tony the Demon. Ooh. Is it Tony the Demon or Tony the Demon? I, I, I'm almost certain it's Demon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, lacking good defensive prospects other than Manel and maybe Marshall Warren, will Garen target young defensemen via trades in the draft? Why trade Brodeen and Dumba while lacking defensive depth for the top four? Is Susie a solid option for the top four if you trade Dumba and or Brodeen? So a lot there, but I, I yeah. felt like this uh, related quite a bit to uh, the Jason Zucker news. Uh, I certainly think that by bringing in Kale and Addison, that it certainly helps take some of the pressure off having to go defenseman heavy in the draft. Or by doing that in a in other subsequent trades as well. That said, I still think that they need to get more defensemen. I think he's right that overall the, the, the defense – or the organizational uh, depth at defense is lacking compared to what it had been in in past seasons. Uh, I do think that, uh, well, you know, I'm not no, I don't know. Susie can be a middle, um, like a middle pairing kind of guy. I think at most, I do not see him being a top two. Uh, so I see him kind of uh, being able to move in and up and down between the third and, and second pairing um, when it when the situation calls for it. But that, I don't know. I think that um, certainly I think there's more another move on the horizon, mm-hmm. and I think that defensemen can definitely be targeted in that. Yeah, and as for why trade Brodeen and Dumbo while lacking defensive depth for the top four is because you have maybe the best defensive depth in the top four in the league, and that's doing you exactly nothing right now. Correct. At least in the grand scheme of things. So uh, you trade one of those to uh, to get in uh, something that works on your timetable, like Jason Zucker. Like maybe 
maybe the Wild don't get the most value out of a Jason Zucker trade. Maybe it is Pittsburgh, but at, at mm-hmm. least Minnesota gets something that works more along their timetable, which Correct. is which is building a young team around Kirill Kaprizov, who's coming next year. Working for the future. Uh, before we take a break, let's get one more question in. Johnson from Wisconsin. Would you be willing to deal with Carolina if they threw us Jake Bean and a first-round pick for Brodeen? Yes. I would as I, well. Like That I feels, don't know, that feels yeah. real similar to the Zucker trade. It, it does. I don't know exactly if Bean is, is gettable, but I would say, like, I think when we were looking at uh, the Hurricanes as as a potential trade partner, like he was a player that I, I think was high on our list. Mm-hmm. And then uh, thoughts on preparing for Seattle expansion and how no trade clauses like uh, Matt Zuccarello could affect the ability to keep the youngsters. Also, would you go a seven three one or eight one keeper structure? So seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. We kind of tackled this a little bit in our all-too-early expansion draft episode, I think way back at the beginning of January. Um, interesting topic, a uh, fun topic to go through. I think we both kind of settled on potentially a an 8 by one in order to keep four defensemen and and four forwards. Now, with the trade of Zucker, that might change some things up because it does potentially leave a, a – position available to protect but uh ultimately the the decision we came down to was like okay who are you gonna pick it was between uh between greenway bro um donato and luke Cunnan. so go back to that episode and and listen to that one because that one certainly answers i think your question on that (laughs) and all i can say about that is just so much is going to change over the uh the next uh few months through now through the draft um, like there, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of pieces moved or, or reconfigured. I, I got to think like if you're willing to move Zucker, I, I think that that's a signal that, uh, that you're, you know, just, you're willing to go. So we'll see what it looks like. All right. Well, uh, we're getting more into your questions on the other side of the break. You're listening to locked on wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the program. Tony and I are going through your mailbag submissions. Do not forget, Twitter submissions are great, but you can also send in mailbag questions via our email inbox. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com and get those uh, listener suggestion topics in as well, as well as your mailbag questions. Um, Anyways, Tony, you've got more questions in front of you, so let's pile on through them. Marius asks, can we turn Galchenyuk back into a top six center? That's a $4.4 million question, isn't it? Uh, 4.9, but only through the remainder of this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's a big question, though. Uh, I think that there certainly had been value there, but perhaps not anymore. Um, And it's about getting him to kind of care. I mean, he's 25. He's still relatively young enough. This is going to be his third team in, what, three seasons. So, I don't know. It's kind of one of those enigma-type players of whether or not you can get him to to figure it out. And hopefully the Wild, um, at the very minimum, can at least uh, see if, they, they, if there's value there. And um, 
even if they don't resign him, maybe he, he's something that they could trade like some negotiating rights or something. He's so bad defensively that I don't think that you can run him out there as a top six center. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you try. Like, what do you have to lose over this last however many games of the year that you've got? But I, I, I don't see it happening. Like, even if it's uh, it's a worthy flyer to take, you know, a, a a 25 game sample of Galchenyuk and, and get his temperature and see what he does in a different situation under Boudreaux. But you know, it, it's not like he's had bad coaching thus far in the NHL, you know, that's true. Um, so I, I, I don't see him being a top six center. I mean, it would be, it would be nice, but he, he's been so bad defensively and he's been so bad over the last four years overall that I, I just, I don't see it. And that's funny coming from you because you're also a player that thinks that, you know, offense is your best defense in a way. Uh, you were on board with the uh, the Thomas Vanek deal, um, bringing other players that weren't necessarily a defensive player. But maybe it's because he is so bad defensively that you're looking for somebody that's even more competent, right? No, it's because he, he isn't making an impact offensively and he hasn't for three years now. Right. With that that's my problem. Like if he created a ton of offense and was bad defensively, you know, I can look the other way. That's what he was like early on in his career. But now it's it's not that it's not that now. He's not giving you anything offensively except for on the power play. And like, you know, I don't I don't mind necessarily the idea of having him be a power play specialist, but I think you might be able to have guys in your organization already who can do that role now. We got uh we got a bunch of questions from Aaron Anderson. Thank you so much for sending these in. We will get to all of these. He asks, will Alex Ovechkin retire with eight hundred or eight hundred and eighty-eight goals? I think you need to get some beers and some whatever and just party. <laughs> um no I, it's funny because I don't know, like I'm sure Ovechkin I don't know. He comes off as a person that would think it would be awesome if it was 888. I don't think he wants to finish his career with 888. I don't think he wants to finish it, though. But if he did, like, I think he'd be think that that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, but uh, but he would be. Uh, what six goals short of Wayne Gretzky's record of eight ninety four. And God, I got to imagine he wants to beat that. Oh, one. he wants that. He wants that record for sure. He is, he's going off and, and, you know, I, I think he can do it. Like, I really do. I really think he can do it. I don't know he's about you. Really, he's really unreal as a goal scorer. It's just amazing kind of what he's done in this league ever since he's shown up. I mean, I mean, just outside of like the highlight reel stuff, it's just like, just the run of the mill kind of goal that he has too. just, it's seeming Seemingly, no, like no matter what defenses do to try to stop him, even though they know it's coming eventually, hmm. he still figures out ways to beat goaltenders and defenses. It's just, it's something amazing to watch him play. And and I I think you and I are, are on the same page with with this. But when he won the Stanley Cup, we were all really happy for him in general, just because one of the most electrifying goal scorers this league has seen in decades ever and ever i'm saying ever. he's the best goal saying ever? ever okay uh, okay ever 
and he finally gets that cup, which, you know, if he didn't get the cup, you always, he, there's always that kind of asterisk by, by his numbers as a, as a player in the hall of fame, potentially as, as one of the greatest goal scorers in the NHL, but just never got the, the Stanley cup, which would be a, 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 just like a complete tragedy travesty type of thing that going on. I just want to get into my favorite stat about Alex Ovechkin. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go. If he never scored a single power play goal in his career, so adding up his even strength and shorthanded goals, okay, he would be fourth among active players in goal scoring. Are you serious? Dead serious. Patrick Marlowe <laughs> would have been ahead of him. Sidney Crosby, Ilya Kovalchuk. He would have eked out Eric Stahl by just uh, just like five goals or so. Five goals, yep. Uh, and if he only scored, if he only scored power play goals throughout his entire career, never had an even strength goal, never had a shorthanded goal, he would be tied with Blake Wheeler for 26th among active players. That's unfreaking real. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh,. He's had eight season of his 15, I mean, 14 plus whatever is this year. And he's on pace, obviously, to eclipse the 50 goals. But uh, eight seasons so far of 50 goals or more. I mean, that's incredible, too. Uh, he is on track to get his ninth Rocket Richard trophy. His ninth! <laughs> he's been in the NHL for 15 seasons. He has has been first in shots on goal. In 12 of them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's just... Again, I'm going to continue to go back. It's just... It's absurd the what he's done with the puck on, on the ice. 528 shots in 2008-2009. And that's not even counting... Like, I bet you if you counted up all the highlight reel goals that that guy's had, he'd, he'd still probably outscore in the wild. <laughs> He had almost seven shots a game when he was 24 or 23. Just stupid. This guy's stupid. (laughs) All right. Uh, We'll go and take one more break, get into the last final questions here on Mailbag Wednesday. You are listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the program. We are going through all of your mailbag questions here on Wednesday. Tony, you've got more questions for us in uh, in that Santa sack of yours. So go ahead and uh, reach down in there. And, and well, that just kind of got dirty. Anyways, no, it, it only got dirty because you wanted it to be dirty. <laughs> that was uh, the only reason got... it was dirty. Okay, well, maybe just my mind is living in the gutter. Who knows? Mm, definitely. Why can't the NHL do anything fun? This is again from Aaron Anderson, and his examples are the uh, new MLB playoff format that's uh, that's being iced or surfaced or <laughs> whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use, being floated, uh, where mm-hmm. they are expanding the playoffs, which the NHL definitely does not need to do. No, they don't need to do that. But they are letting teams choose their opponents uh, in the playoffs. Now, this is obviously still as a proposal from somebody, right? I don't think it's really gone up the, the, the flagpole yet at the MLB offices, but it is intriguing to know what, okay, what 
top teams would do to pick. I mean, obviously the Yankees would pick the Twins because um, they would always win against those series. That said, like, what is your thoughts in general about having teams pick their opponents? It would make such good fodder of just laughing at any underdog team that uh, that or laughing at any 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 team that picks their opponent and just eats crap and sure. loses to them. It would be hilarious every time. It would not get old. And uh, yeah, I, I think it. I think it could be fun. I think that as a you know as a team with the best record in the conference, I like the idea of incentivizing you know the 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 teams to do as well in the regular season as possible, mm-hmm. and I I think that would do that. That said, like, um, I don't know how effective it would actually be in terms of like you know being a, a better path than just kind of randomly getting uh matched up because like I, sure. I wonder if like for example tampa bay would have chosen the columbus blue jackets as their first round opponent for example right yeah so like I, I don't know how much of an advantage it would actually be but it would definitely be intriguing and it would definitely be fun and at least when an underdog won and they said nobody believes in us like that would actually be like a, a valid thing to say for a sure. change See, I think it's tough. Like, sure, like, yeah, if there's a reward for the top team to to kind of get their pick of the litter. Um, at the same time, like, I don't necessarily like that thought where teams could kind of cherry pick their their path to the championship. And I feel like I think like if you did like a one through eight, like the the NHL or NBA kind of currently does, or the NHL used to do. Or even if they did a one through sixteen tournament, and then just kind of reseeded after every round, I think there'd be better ways to find like a true champion rather than a team that likes, like I said, just cherry picks their way through, um, kind of like their their path through the postseason. So, I I think it's fun certainly, and certainly great uh, for writers and and media and fans. At the same time, I, I still feel like there's there's a bit of um, horse trading and then there's, and there's uh, I think there could be like more um, chances for like, there'd be like allies in the, in the, uh, in the league as well. You know, like they're just, I just think that there'd be too much like scandalous things going on. Why does it seem that Zuccarello was way more productive in New York? Is that a real thing? Or do I just think that not having watched many New York Rangers games? You know, I haven't really pulled up his numbers, but I would assume that obviously now that Zuccarello is kind of more in your face, you're you're more um, observant of kind of what he does on the ice. Also, like he's what thirty, he's over thirty years old. Like thirty two, thirty two years old. And the seasons that he was with New York, he was obviously a younger, better playmaker. And um. I don't know. I like Zuccarello certainly is a decent player, but, um, and I think he's got a good playmaking ability still left in him. It's just, uh, you know, part of it is line mates. Part of it is deployment. Part of it is the system. Part of it is, you know, goaltending isn't great. So they're always chasing the game too. And they're, they, they have to kind of force things. I don't, I mean, there's a multitude of things that, um, are, are going on to, um, 
you know, with Matt Zuccarello in the, in the NHL. And uh, yeah, certainly he was more productive. Uh, well, actually he's probably right on par with kind of, he was a 0.7 point per game player with New York and in his nine years in New York. And that obviously included some peaks and valleys there. Right. Uh, But now he is through 51 games of the wild uh, 0.6 per game. And I I think part of its age and I think part of it is, is uh, for whatever reason and and, and shootings down all along the team this year, but Mm -hmm. he's not shooting particularly much this year. And he's he been, was never a shooter, but he, he mm-hmm. would get you about two per game. And, and now it's it's closer to one and a half. So, you know, that that probably has something to do with it. He's been paired with uh, Eric Stahl for quite a bit this season. And I think when, when you're, especially assists get affected is when your, your teammates, your line mates just aren't scoring. And I think Jason Zucker kind of seen a downturn when he was with uh, with uh, Matt Zuccarello. Eric Stahl hasn't seemed to be potting the puck nearly as much. Um, and uh, and you know Kevin Fiala was up there a little bit, but uh, not with Jason Zucker though. Not with Jason or Zucker. Not, no. Sorry, not with uh, Matt Zuccarello though. Not, with, but not yeah, exactly. Not with Matt Zuccarello. So it is uh, it is interesting to kind of see, and and, and perhaps it's. Uh, perhaps it's just not the right fit. Mm, well, only only five years left, four years left. <laughs> oh God, no move clause, baby. Let's go, yeah. let's go. Uh, though you know, I I I I've liked Mad Sicarello's game a lot at times too. So uh, I I don't know. We'll see what it's like next year when uh when we you know have a a, a differently configured team. Perhaps I don't know. Uh, it could just be a down year, could be age, could be could be anything. Right. All right, last question. What would be your pregame meal, knowing that you'd have to play a hockey game afterward and repeat 82 times per year? Depends on when you're eating it, because I never really ate it really much at all, even before my baseball games or football games and stuff back in high school, and I, I don't think I would even continue to eat, but... Let's say it is a, um, you know, an early part of the day where we're having lunch and it's a night game or something like that. I think that the best like workout fitness kind of uh, of meal is probably a spaghetti uh, or like a full pie pizza. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do like those. You could play eighty-two hockey games on pizza. No, probably not pizza. I could probably do some sort of pasta, though. Okay. I wonder how good of a meal... Like, I'm just thinking of something that I could eat 82 times in a year, just off the bat. And I wonder how, like, fajitas would do for that. Ooh, fajitas are good. And tacos are great, too. Although, although, Mexican food... Ah. After you're working out, it gets a little squenchy down there. Chicken, <laughs> uh, chicken tortillas, some salsa. You know, I, I I bet I could do it. I bet I could do it. Shrimp tacos? No, I die, dude. Oh, really? I'm allergic to seafood. Oh, I'm not big into seafood, but I, I I'll eat shrimp. So. No, I won't. Like I will. I will actually die. I think one time I had a uh, I had French fries that were in a a shrimp basket. 
and I broke Uh-oh. out. Ooh. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, we know what you're not going to have 82 times. <laughs> yeah. Any any assassins out there who are like, I really want America podcaster, like, I guess I just told you how. All right. Uh, we'll just make sure that you have an EpiPen with you. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm going to have to now. All right. Who if they weren't what so... Kind of, uh, what kind of avalanche fans might be out in the, the places <laughs> I frequent. <laughs> All right, Tony, where can we find you so that we can... I'm just kidding. Well, as long as I don't eat any shrimp, you can find me on Twitter at Tony, and then you can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. All right, you can find all my work on ZoneCoverage.com as well as follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. And that'll do it for today's mailbag episode. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work of your own. Because nobody likes to do work. It's a kind of a set it and forget it. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. Also, as I mentioned with our mailbag questions, you can all, we also have a, a listener's choice episode every single Friday. We l- need to get those suggestions in early and often. We like uh, your participation in this show. So you can always send those also, not just via Twitter, but to our inbox. Just go to LockedOnWild at gmail.com to send those to our inbox. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild. And be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Alex Galchenyuk every day.